I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. In the first half, we made a lot of mistakes. A lot of bad turnovers. We didn't come up on the three-point shooters twice, and they made them. Uh, the second half, we went with the five guys who play the best, most consistent defense. And it's the first game we've had the five guys at the end of the game. If we didn't have the five guys at the end of the game, we wouldn't have won, like all those games. But having those guys at the end gave us a chance uh, to win the game. Uh, I think we shot 64% in the second half. We had better movement. We got better shots. Uh, and all five guys were tremendous. This is what Barama can do. He can do what he did today. And, you know, it may not look like much, but it's 10 rebounds, six points, three steals. He can do that on a consistent, more consistent. And, and he missed his three free throws. He missed a layup. He got one block. So, I mean, he, he's very capable of doing that. And uh, he makes us just different. Then the end of the game, we went with Marek and, uh, you know, he was tremendous at the end of the game. Tremendous. He made some, I think, four or five plays in a row. He made his free throws. Uh, when he plays like this, we're a different team. I mean, he's struggled to do anything, really. And we're a whole different team offensively and defensively. Uh, we can't win when he's in foul trouble or Brahms in foul. We just can't win. Elijah made a couple plays right away. Then, uh, you know, Joe hit that three. Buddy made a couple shots. When the ball goes in the basket, the game's a lot easier. First half, we had some pretty good shots. We missed. You know, you got to make shots. When we make shots, we're better. It especially seems like Joe came out with a certain amount of spark in, in that second half. He was part of that 7-0 run. Does he yeah. seem to have a little more, maybe, ability to kind of turn the corner, have that energy? He's no getting what? better. I mean, he's improving. He has that ability. Uh, first half, he couldn't do it. Second half, he did. Uh, and, he, and he's missing shots that I know he can make, too. But, you know, it'll, it'll come. It's, he's a freshman. You know, it's, he's, we're asking an awful lot from him to, to do all that he has to do for us. And uh, he's been really good, really had, has had a great year. Everybody had a really good year. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast 
centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome. Happy Monday. We're a day late. I did warn you that we're going to be a day late. Joe was at the game, and he was in the air yesterday for uh, the yes. evening time, which is when we normally record. So, um, well, all right. Well, let's do this. Sorry about Joe, that. Joe, it's your fault once again that we're a day late. I'll which take is, it. It's fine. It's fine. This is, you know, it's getting unacceptable though. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we we got uh, we got James going to come on a little bit in a little bit to do some fan feedback and a couple other things. Uh, Joe will tell us all about, uh, you know, the uh, the the crowd was electric and it was it must have been awesome to be there because yeah. it was uh, it was it 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 looked great on TV. So because uh, I was there, Sean. Yeah, that's exactly why. Yep. The Orange took care of business in front of the second largest on-campus crowd so far this season behind, uh, I guess, the number one crowd so far this year was the Duke game. So they beat Georgia Tech 79-72. to And boy, oh boy, I thought that game was over at the half. And if you didn't, you're a better man than me. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I was in, that was dire looking. So anyway, yeah. uh, we'll go over all that. We'll have James on to give his thoughts on that. Syracuse improves to 15 and 12, eight and eight in the ACC and Syracuse will hit the road to face Pitt on Wednesday at seven o'clock. That game is on the ACC network. We'll give you our thoughts on that. This will be the second meeting between the two teams. So, um, you know, you know, well, well, it's it's in their home court, though. So we'll have to uh, dive into that a little bit. Uh, now, before we do all these things, uh, we want to talk about the good folks over at MyBookie. And as you know, regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're just a first-time player, or if you got questions, MyBookie's patient customer service will answer any of the questions you have to get you started. Find out if it's right for you. Um, you know, if you're the kind of guy or gal who likes to bet on... NHL. <laughs> I mean, they have all the props, right, Joe? You can bet on The Bachelor, and we we, we joke about this, but it's true. You can. Bet- you can't bet that a Zamboni driver is going to show up and actually play in a hockey game. You can't do that. You can't do that because it's it's almost too easy. But um, we we joke about The Bachelor and this and that, but they they do those silly props all the time. So if you're the kind of guy or gal who likes to um, bet a little and win a lot, try the parlay, for instance. If you like a couple of the big favorites of this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet on multiple games together for a bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Just, you know, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR to activate that offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate that offer and double your cash up to 1000 bucks. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, MyBookie. All right, Joe. Yes, sir. Quickly, before I do the good, bad, and ugly, uh, how was it? I'll let you go first today. No, dude, it was awesome. <laughs> there was a reason why I wanted to get back in there before the uh, what the last game when they're going to do the dome change and they're going to do all the renovations and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people were questioning on how many uh, people were going to show up, but uh, it was a, a good day, good weekend. Uh, a bunch of people showed up, and, I mean, they were loud. We sat up real high in the 300s um, because we tend to get a little wild, but uh, we were all loud and – you know, I know in our section, 
everything gets a little contagious when you start getting loud and, and when the team gets back into it. So, yeah, like like you said, it was a, a rough beginning. Um, but we came back, got it kind of close before half and then halftime, you know, uh, I think the team got back into it. Crowd got back into it. And it was awesome. Other than Moses Wright scoring 33 points. Yeah. Other than other than that, it was great. And you yeah. know, it wasn't it wasn't a very slow comeback, which is, um, you know, it was nice to see. I mean, it was pretty. Uh, they responded well, so uh, yeah. they did leave much desire to be desired, though. Heading into the locker room, down by eleven at the half, they shot just seven of twenty-six from the field. They being Syracuse, uh, while Moses Wright himself was eight for nine uh, from for the Yellow Jackets. JG three came out and started the second half with a purpose, uh, adding to a seven and zero run and another seven zero run later. By the orange, finish off with a Gerard layup, giving Syracuse a 54-51 lead. Um, you know, with about I think there was eight minutes and 23 seconds left to play. After- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. After that, though, Syracuse never trailed again. The good, besides the win, obviously, that's good, and we needed that. How about Mark Dolzhai, Joe? 20 points, 5 rebounds, 12 for 12 from the line. He played a huge part in the aforementioned comeback. Uh, His offensive aggression played a huge role in getting some of those Georgia Tech guys in some foul trouble. Um, uh, You know, that was huge towards the end of that yeah. game, being able to finish that game off, too. Um, you get taking some guys out there like Banks and Alvarado, not being able to make plays late. Uh, second, 21-9 uh, to nine on fast break points in favor of Syracuse. And third, the crowd. The crowd, man, it was awesome. I talked about that JG3 uh, layup on, in transition there that, that gave the, the three-point lead, and they never looked back after that. That crowd gave me chills. It was so loud. And I cranked my TV, you know, just get, yeah. get the surround sound going. It was oh, yeah. magnificent. So that's the good. The bad. 
Um, Gary A takes a step back after picking up three fouls early uh, in the first half. I think he finished with three altogether. Uh, he finished with three points and one rebound in 16 minutes. You know, it's going to happen, but I got I got to pick something. So that's the bad. The ugly. Uh, the orange held Jose Alvarado at eight points. That's great. But we all know how that usually plays out, Joe. And you mentioned it already, but it's the ugly. Moses Wright almost single-handedly beating the orange with 33 points and 10 rebounds in 38 minutes. So, um... This guy averages like 13 points a game, 13 some change. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those situations where some players just, they have better matchups against two, three zone. And I know that, you know, I, it's, I talked about it when, when we were talking about the preview that Moses Wright, he started to figure stuff out, especially in the second half of the first game. And um, that was the one guy that I was really worried about. I didn't think he was going to do that though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he killed us there. And um Thank God it was only him because anybody else uh, was if anyone else would have been on, then it would have been a long day for sure. Oh, I know. And that's that's a great point, because, you know, you had even Banks wasn't wasn't great. And and um, as we mentioned, Jose Alvarado, he comes out, he hits the first three points for Georgia Tech from behind the arc. And I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, it's going to be a long right. day. And I mean, the whole first half, let's be honest. I mean, uh, it was grim. It just did the, the the turnovers. It was sloppy. They were just making just terrible mistakes. The defense was horrible, and yeah, you know you got to wonder to be a fly on the wall in the locker room at half. Uh, yeah, I mean Joe Girard came out possessed. Mark Dolajai was just a madman in the second half. It was freaking amazing. It really mm-hmm. was. And Sidibe, you know, not a ton of points, and he did he did foul out in his his twenty five minutes, six points, but ten rebounds, and he was doing some, and he made a couple mistakes early, but that you know you heard coach, I think I put it in the montage talking about you know this is what he can do, this is how he can he can affect um, opponents, and he did a good job, he did a really good job, Sidibe. So yeah, uh, even though yeah. he fouled out twenty five minutes, um, just think if he was able to play for thirty five minutes, you know, yeah. Well, again, this is it worked out well for. I'm glad that. Um, I mean, uh, it's the first time that I haven't really. Sometimes I feel like when you watch the game on TV, it can kind of skew some things when it comes to the refs, right? Because you get to see the slow motion replay and you get sure. to see the replay, right? Sure. And like, so from the 300s, <laughs> the the refs look great this game. So I, I, it's hard to to say one way or another. But um, I know Georgia well, Tech plays. Go, go ahead. Please what? Well, I know Georgia Tech plays tough defense, and, and we won the foul battle. We shot 36 free throws, got 28 of them from the line there. So that was a big part of this game. Yeah, well, the 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 one that sticks out to me, you know, there's a couple iffy ones, but the one that really sticks out as far as calls go was the one Sadibi fouled out on. It was supposedly an over-the-back. It, it yeah. was not an over-the-back, dude. He was grabbing that ball behind his own head. And he went straight and he went straight up. It was a terrible call. So, yeah, that was that was one that you, where we were sitting. We really couldn't see the angle that well. Oh, so okay. that was tough. But I mean, based upon the reaction, I mean, the crowd was going to boo on everything negative and they yeah, were going to yeah, go yeah. crazy on it. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's just that's why I like going to those games. I've always loved going to those well, games. That's the home um, crowd advantage. That's what they're supposed to do. Well, it's the home. Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, like I always say. When the crowd is loud and you put that much effort into it as as a fan base and you get the W, it's you know, you feel like you're part of that win. You know what I mean? Uh, It's it's just one of those things that I always I've always kind of kind of looked at as a fan. And and you don't want to take credit because obviously you really didn't go out there and make any baskets. Right. But 
It was loud. Oh, in there, you, man. I think you can ask the players, man, and they'll they'll tell you. Uh, I think someone made someone actually made a comment about um, uh, about the fans and how they affected the game, dude. That gives it. I sat at home and it gave me chills a couple dude. times. Like I was freaking. It freaking it affected me. I'm sitting on a couch, 500 miles away. It I was with to, 20 friends at the top of the 300 <laughs> level, and we, you know, we were um in rare form, that's for sure. But we were loud. Well, like you were. I said, I mean, you was. What's that? I said, well, you weren't in rare form. Uh, you were in form. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> we were in rare form. Um. So yeah, <laughs> we were loud. I mean, at first there was people looking back at us, kind of like we were crazy. But by the end of the game, everybody was was in it with us in our section. And um, um, I apologize for anyone in, in that section who <laughs> didn't want to be part of that. But well, you yeah, sent me a, so. you sent me a picture. You sh- you were high enough up to where sh- anybody up there shouldn't be. They should be, you know. Yeah, more upset of where they're sitting than when. The, than <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, just there's a reason that we sit that high away from everybody. I'm just so. playing, dude. I'm just playing. All yeah. right, all right. Well, look, let's bring James on, shall we? Sure. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, it's time for some fan feedback. We have brought a guest with us this time, our good buddy James. He is the Syracuse Orange basketball beat writer for Noon's Magician and 315 legend, though he denies it, but it's true. James, welcome. I, how many times do I got to tell you, man? You can't introduce <laughs> me as 315 legend. It's Cuse Militia, top fan on Facebook. <laughs> okay, good enough. Good enough. You can't misrepresent me like that. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to get into fan feedback, but first, James, I got to get your thoughts on the Georgia Tech game. Were you in the same boat with me going, oh, this is, we're done. We're toast after yeah, the first I, half. I, I thought it was over. At halftime, I thought it was over. Um, you know, Syracuse didn't really show any signs of life. Everybody's struggling. Uh, Moses Wright was just eating the zone alive. I think he had 17 at the half. Uh, there, there was really nothing we saw in that first half that would suggest that Syracuse would have the second half that they did. Um, but when they when they came out and they went on that 7-0 run, uh, I think Gerard hit the three and then he banked in a kind of a floater. And then Elijah hit a shot. I was like, okay, like maybe this is going to be a game. And they played well. I mean, they played well down the stretch. Marek really got going. 12-12 uh, from the free throw line, Marek was. I thought he was huge. Uh, Barama, you know, played pretty well, maybe one of his better games of the season. And yeah, I thought everybody played pretty well outside of Quincy and, uh, yeah, they look good in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Joe was there. He said the crowd was, is electric. Probably, well, obviously probably more electric, uh, while you were there, but you did, did no, it, of course, did it, did it come through the, the, the TV like it did for me, James, with how awesome that crowd was during that game? I, I don't know. I mean, what was the crowd size? Did we get an official 20, number on 26,662 20... or something like that? When they did like the zoom out, like the aerial shot of the dome uh, from the from the inside, it didn't look like 26,000 because there there were a lot of empty seats on both of the end lines in the upper level. So I think I think they do what they do is like tickets sold. I don't think they actually do like how many people yeah. come to the game. Yeah, not turn, uh, not turnstile <laughs> numbers is what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they could. So, they always do that. So I, I don't know. I mean, the crowd 
for for that game, the the crowd really didn't have much of a reason to come out other than it's a Saturday game and you know Syracuse is playing. So I thought you know for the the crowd that did come out, you know, pretty impressive given that there's not much left to play for. Um, it seemed like the crowd that was there was pretty loud, especially in the second half when they started coming back. So yeah, no, I thought uh, you know good on the Syracuse fans for getting out there because. You know, there's not really much left to play for. It looks like an NIT year, and then the Syracuse faithful is still out there and cheering. So good on, good on Syracuse fans. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, we are going to do this. Is your first time doing fan feedback with us? Have you ever done this? It, it, the first time with fan feedback, it is. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. So I, I've got it narrowed down to a few. Joe, did you pick anything from Facebook or what? Nope. No, you didn't. Come good on, job, Joe. man. Joe's been off all day. Ain't done nothing. All right, Dude. so... What do you mean? I did a brake job today. Get off my back. You did? Oh, you're still working on that 1980 Impala? No, 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 no. Somebody else's. Oh, okay. My father's rear brakes. Okay. All right. Good job. All right. Look, I'll do everything. I'll read these two. At Tony Staffieri on Twitter, James, this is going to come to you first. Um, Take the win, but this is the worst zone defense in 24 years. On the bright side, imagine how bad it would be if Jim Boeheim hadn't been coaching it for the past 24 years, James. Uh, am I am I buying, selling, or holding? Or uh, no, what's no, the no, 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 <laughs> no. Just give your thoughts. We no pressure, no pressure. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely the worst zone defense in the past 24 years because it's it's the worst in the Ken Palm era. Uh, Syracuse ranks 133rd actually in the country currently uh, in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. Uh, so it's it's not a good defensive team. We know that. That's been the, the issue all year with this team. Uh, on the news pod the other day, I said, you know, even if this is a mediocre year, Syracuse uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it is. Even if it's a me- mediocre year, Syracuse probably makes the tournament. Um, but the, the zone's been the problem all year. Um, I think the stats are there to back that up. It's certainly the worst in the Ken Palm era going back to 2002. Is it, that's when he started, 2002? 2002, yep. Okay, yep. all right. Um, Joe, anything to add to that? It's around when the internet interweb started. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly right. Uh, if we have a, just a mediocre defense compared to even last year, the year before, you're talking probably all those close games we win, and it's a different, completely different season. Um, and really the only reason that we, we got this game was because of just well, out-rebounded them, and we made our free throws, got to the line. I mean, that was the main thing. You look at the shooting percentage. Georgia Tech had a higher uh, shooting percentage from three-point and from the field altogether than we did. So um, that that was really just the game. You know, we stepped up and, and, and got the rebounds and hit the free throws. That's why that happened. That's it. Yeah, and, you know, and you can go back to some of those close losses that we have. I think um, uh, most of them, maybe except for Virginia, came down to getting stops. I mean, Virginia yeah. we obviously could not score, but um, yeah. well, how many so, single-digit games did we have? There was did we a, shoot in the 60, per, 60 percentages and we're yeah. losing rebounds by double digits. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that's going to make up a couple points here and there. So, Yep. At Mahirio underscore 10 on Twitter, 52 points in the second half is no joke. Georgia Tech plays a tough zone, and that was evident in their win against Louisville. Hopefully these guys can build off of this. Always happy to see them happy, hitting shots and playing free one game at a time. So uh, Mahir, he has he has hope, Joe. What do, you, what do you think? He's got hope. One game at a time, like we always say, Joe. Hey, I still have hope, too. 
James commented a little earlier. Yeah, James. Just I'm James. not going to lie to you. <laughs> Am I the he, made, he made me. He made me feel like my flight all the way to Syracuse and going to the game was for nothing. But oh, no, James. <laughs> James, no. That? This again. Uh, there's always hope, and just you. You want to play better, right? Like, like he said, 52 points and a half. I don't think any team wants to see that. And we can go back to what the Virginia game where we scored 20 points in an overtime. Yeah, in five uh, minutes. Yeah. This this team can go off and do these things that it doesn't really matter how good the defense is. So we get these glimpses of like what could have been, and then we get brought down to earth more times than not in this season. So, James, you you, you got double. Uh, is it too soon down? to get into all the net and the rankings and all that, or should I skip over that for now? We'll get into it. You can do right. it. You can do it. It doesn't matter when you do it, actually. Go ahead. All right. Well, I would just say we'll, we'll go into, like, the quad one and quad two and all that later. Okay. Um, th- there's really not much opportunity left for a good game on the regular season schedule. So, I mean, Syracuse could get two quad two wins at Pitt and at Miami. But I don't know if that necessarily moves the needle as far as the NCAA tournament goes. I mean, I think it's going to take – they're going to have to win these next four games. And maybe if they get to the ACC – like, the tournament title game – that would allow them to get a couple big wins. So maybe that gets them over. But, you know, I think the safest bet is, you know, winning the ACC tournament at this point. And I don't know that we've seen a lot out of Syracuse that would, would prove that they could go out and do that. So uh, I think it's an NIT year, but, hey, you never know. I mean, you always have the hope of winning the tournament. Yeah, I would tend to. I would. T- I think I've kind of been on that bandwagon all year. But it's fun to – it's fun to, you know, still keep the hope alive. You know, there's been headlines where the next five games are meaningless. And I've heard a lot of that, uh, not just, you know, on, on, on from journalists and, and bloggers and things, but just people in general. But and like Joe hit on it last show, I, I, no way are these five games meaningless. So first of all, it's, you, you play to win every game. It doesn't freaking matter. And um, just because you think you might have to win the ACC tournament to get into the to get into, um, you know, the big dance. I, you know, obviously these guys aren't yeah. going to come out and just roll over. I think these next yeah. four games are winnable, right? I mean, not easy, though. None of them are easy, um, but winnable. So, um, yeah, we talked about that last podcast, right? We yeah. brought up that same scenario as far as if you get to that title game and maybe put, play Duke or Louisville, that most likely means that you beat a Florida State or somebody like that in which we would get that signature win. We would get to 20, 21 wins, something like that. So it would be plausible. But again, what James has pretty much been saying all year is it's all about the ACC tournament. And yeah, right yeah. Now, he, just, like we, he just won't shut up about it. I know. So <laughs> if you're another team, though, you don't want to play, sir. Like, no, I yeah. I think if you're any team in the ACC tournament, you don't want to play, you don't want to play Notre Dame. You don't want to play North Carolina, even though they've been bad, and you don't want to play Syracuse. I, I totally so. agree with you on North Carolina, man, because that one worries me. It's at the dome, but and we'll, we'll we'll get into it. But uh. okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um, they're, they're playing better. They've lost some close ones. At ZW Rodburn, um, let's see, on Twitter. A uh, different team in the second half played with more energy on both ends. This is the way this team was playing when they were winning. Felt like felt like it took time to shake off the Louisville fog. Brahma played maybe his best game of the year. Mark was huge. Um, that's what it's going to take. And coach in the pre in the post game press conference has said, you know, they're not going to win with Mark. And you know, Sadibi did eventually follow out, but he had still had a really good solid game. And Mark was a freaking madman. I mentioned to Joe earlier, he was awesome. He played a huge role in getting some of those guys at the end of the game in foul trouble. And that's what it's going to take to win. Mark has to have, he's a key player, man. He has to have a good game to win, right? I think no question. He's the biggest key. Uh, You can go back to the Clemson game. And that's really when the season started to go the wrong way for Syracuse. Yep. And if he's in that game, if he doesn't fall out, if he's in the game, the final four minutes, they win that game. Like there's no doubt in my mind that they win that game. Yep. And then all of a sudden you don't go into Duke and you're, you're not pressing as much. You've won six straight. So you never know what could happen there. And then the talk after Duke was, okay, they're on the wrong side of the bubble. They got a lot of work to do. You know, I think that entire conversation changes. And I, I don't know what Syracuse's record is when Dolezal fouls out, but they've lost more games than they've won when he does foul out. So he, he's the biggest key. And as you saw, yeah, he got out. He got he got 20 points and went 12 of 12 from the line. Uh, he's he's the biggest X factor on the team, in my opinion. I don't remember him shooting this well from the line last year. Am I right? Wasn't he? No. He was shooting this well from the line earlier in the year. He was struggling yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. He but but we well, had that off season hand injury, right? So yep. Oh, right, right. That's true. I, that that really held them back, not only from the line, but just shooting in general this this whole year, I think. 
because he was shooting the ball better last year, you know, from that 15 foot range, even, even from the three point line, you know, he was a decent shooter from the three point line. So. But the difference with yeah. Mark this year, I think is that even in the games where he struggled, I don't feel like his confidence totally left him, especially at, like since turn since uh, not tournament play, but uh, conference play has started. You saw a lot of that, like at the beginning of the year, maybe even, but definitely last year when he wasn't hot, he was not, he wasn't doing anything. Right. So it's good to see that you know he's got the green light and and you know I think that has a lot to do with you know being able to have. Some yeah, well, we had what three three or four scores last year too, or something like that, as far as that were ahead of him. And this year, you're yeah. talking about a, a soft a sophomore and buddy and a freshman with Joe, who they they play certain guards in certain matchups. They're going to struggle, and it's just it is what it is. Um, when you're young and you're playing against ACC. You know, opponents like that. I mean, just, just look at the Georgia Tech guards. You look at the the Pittsburgh guards that were playing coming up. Those guys, they're they're hard nosed defense. So it's not easy to score against those guys. So Buddy and Joe, they're going to have their struggles. Um, that's what we talked about earlier in the year, where really it was Mark and Elijah that kind of had to come out and do kind of what they did Saturday on a nightly basis for us to try to possibly get where we want to be. Right. Um, so I'm, we're going to do a couple more. We got some Facebook ones. Um, Lori, top fan on Facebook. Thanks, Lori. That's how we do it. That's how James does that's it. How, that's how I want to be introduced, <laughs> right there. <Top> fan. <laughs> All right. It's always great to see them win and gain experience, but this season has been a tough one. I worry about next year without Elijah. We have no new bigs coming, and it would be nice to see one that had some meat on his bones. But, well, fat chance. Yeah. There's there's seems to be none of that anytime soon, but... Um, what do you think, Joe, about um, Elijah leaving? Obviously, um, we're going to hear more and more about that. He's NBA material, and he's probably gone, right? You're just going to crush everybody's hopes, right? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's just <laughs> – I mean, I'm sorry. I just hate to say it. Like, um, I mean, when we get – when you get – a four year because, you know, he transferred from East Carolina. He's going to yeah. be graduating. He's going to have right. his degree. It's going to yep. get to a point where what else does he really have? Like, tie his battle. Right. He could have came back this year. What else did he really have to prove? You know, at this point, you're just wasting years at a chance to make a ridiculous amount of money playing a game. And, and that's what I always allude to when we talk about this, Sean, is that you have a small window to make a ridiculous amount of money to play a sure. children's game. Right. For all intents and purposes. And, Sometimes you just you have to maximize that when you get to a point where you have your degree, you're really not going to get that much better. And you're already up in you're in the draft boards. Uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. Right. Sorry. Money. Money. Yeah. Sorry, Syracuse (laughs) fans. But I think everybody that listens to this show already knows, you know, Uh, James, what's this? What does this team look like? You think next year uh, since, you know, Elijah is pretty much an automatic to be gone. I mean, do you agree with me, James? I, I, I do. Does, I yeah. mean, Go I think, ahead. you know, unless unless he really loves Syracuse and wants to come back and, you know, wants to get to the NCAA tournament to see like that, that would be the only reason for him to come back. But even, you know, there, there's more thought out there now. It's like it's just better to begin your professional career as soon as possible and get paid. He's been in school four years. He's probably going to graduate. Um, you know, you think about if your career is 10 years of playing basketball, why would you sacrifice another year of pay that's 10 percent of your career earnings that you could be going out and making money so i mean i would lean that way i would lean toward him leaving um as as far as what the team looks like next year i mean yeah i mean theoretically you could get everybody back outside of elijah 
Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Jalen Carey. I would lean towards him transferring. I don't, I don't know that for sure, um, but I would lean that way. Uh, we'll see what happens with getting Robert Braswell back. But, yeah, you get everybody back, another year under everybody's belt. Um, the freshmen grew up this year. Quincy, Joe, um, you know, they had years that they could build off of. I think Jesse could improve a lot. Um, there's a chance that he could play a lot of minutes next year at, at center for Syracuse. He's just got to put on a little bit of weight. Um, Barama will be back and hopefully improved and not fouling so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> presumably you get Marek back. So, um, and you add, you know, another year of Buddy Beheim under his belt, hopefully to improve a little bit defensively and a little bit more off the dribble. And, you know, you're looking at a decent team. We'll, we'll see what the rest of the ACC brings back. It's, it's possible that, you know, a lot of other ACC teams could bring back a lot of their guys. But, yeah, I mean, I think Syracuse could be a, a pretty decent team next year if they bring everybody back and, you know, two new recruits in the fold as well. Yeah, especially uh, Quincy's going to be – I think Quincy's going to be amazing next year. I mean, he's it's taken mm-hmm. a long time, but he has come – he's come far. He had a bad game against Georgia Tech, and, I mean, that's going to happen. But, I mean, we've seen what he can do. And, you know, like I mentioned, he's not going to get there with the minutes he's playing – because he's just been in so much foul trouble. He's just he played right. 16 minutes against Georgia Tech. You know? Yeah, four fouls, right? Yeah. Well, imagine imagine what he does do next year if Elijah does go. So not right. only does he move the starter, but Syracuse isn't running anything for him right now. Like he he's not an offensive option. Like everything that Quincy gets is off an offensive rebound or a cut to the rim, and somebody's feeding him or off a screen and roll. So if he actually does become more involved in the offense. And the way that he does rebound the ball, I think he's a better offensive rebounder than a defensive rebounder at this point. But he could go out and score. You know, he could get a double double every night next year. I, I don't think that's really even a question. I think he could do that every night. Yeah, I think yeah. You're, I think you're right. He's done it. About, I mean, do you know how many he has this year so far? Oh man, it's don't, been a why bunch. Why you put me on the spot Sorry. like that? <laughs> no, come on, bro. Come on, unbelievable. <laughs> Three one five like legend. <laughs> you got like five. <laughs> Well, if he wasn't in foul trouble, how many double doubles would he have? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's All a right. better question. Right. Hey, on top of that, too, you, you guys. know, we always have that extra. We got that extra bullet in the gun that's getting redshirted, too. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about John Boljak, but he's more physically. I mean, he's already bigger than the two centers that in, play in, as it is. So I, we'll have I, an extra guy, too. Oh, I'm saying, well, Braswell, yeah, I know that he's going to be coming back and he's going to be on the sides, but I'm talking, they were talking about having a center and, and stuff like that and, and, and not having like meat on their bones and being a, a muscular center. And, and John Boljak already is, I think, at 220 or something, and he's redshirt. I just don't know where he is, um, you know, talented wise, but hey, you never know. Yeah, um, I, we're going to cut fan feedback off right here because we're going to play fake news or not. I got some clips, and I'm sorry, I did have some other good ones, but I think we hit all the big stuff. I want to thank everybody who went there and, and left your comments. Go there after the game. I ask for your thoughts on, the, on, on, on um, Facebook and Twitter. Go there. Leave your thoughts. We talk about them here. Um, so, anyways, I don't want to take up too much of James's time. He's being very generous. Dude, I, I got all night. What du- are you talking about? The dude, <laughs> 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 the dude jogged like 10 blocks to get on? here. So, <laughs> with his ice cream. So, it was. That's no, no, a, no. It's what an acai you? bowl, man. It's, it's an acai. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were eating ice cream. No. Either way. Ice cream for dinner. Seriously. <laughs> James is always eating dinner. I know. He on my just podcast. said he was coming back from the gym, and then he said, yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Post post workout with an ice cream dinner. Come on, Sean. 
Unbelievable. I gotta get my protein in. You know, ice ice cream. <laughs> hey, hey, get the it's the one one food group, dairy, right? Yeah. Well, we know what he so had can... for dinner. <laughs> um, all right, so this is how we do this. Fake news and I'm going to play an audio clip. If no one heard the, the whole presser from the Louisville game with Jim Beheim, um, you missed some good stuff. He said some interesting things, and of course, he's always um, – I don't want to say it was controversial, but, you know, he's, he's punching back. Okay, so he was punching back a little bit, and I got two of them. This is the first one here. We're going to listen to it. James, I'm going to go to you, uh, and, and you tell me, is it fake news or not? Here we go. Somebody also wrote that we're tired at the end of the games. We're not tired. These guys are not tired. The only guys is a little tired is, is Quincy because he hasn't played as many minutes. But the guys that have been playing all year are not tired. Gillespie and, and Bay from Villanova play 40 minutes every night hard as did you ever, they ever ask about, are they tired? If you can't play 40 minutes in college basketball, then you're not in shape and you're, you can't, you're not a good player. You get a two and a half minute rest every four minutes. The whole game's changed. You can play as long as you want. And some people actually think, well, if he rests two minutes, that's going to make a difference. Are you kidding me? So two minutes you sit Elijah down. For two minutes, that's going to make a difference. He's going to be stronger because of that. No, that is myth. Jay, <laughs> isn't he brilliant? Uh-huh. It's a thing of beauty. I, I do love it. What do you think, James? Fake news or not? No, nobody's tired except Quincy, the guy that's my dog. <laughs> Nobody, but Quincy's kind of tired out there. He looks a little bit gas. <laughs> Need to get him a blow. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, all jokes aside, I mean, I, I buy it. Um, I, I think he's got a point, and you know, if you're if you're a D one college, I, I'm not going to say these guys aren't tired at all. Like, you know, you play a long game, like you're definitely a little bit tired. But if you're a player out there, like you're not you're not necessarily thinking about that. Like, you could be a little bit tired, but you can't play tired. If that makes sense. And these guys are playing hard. You know what I mean? They're they're playing through it. So. To, to some level, everybody's a little bit tired, but you do get that break. You know, every four minutes, there's a media timeout. You get the half in between. And, you know, not not for nothing. I mean, I think Beheim in the past has said something along the lines of, like, I'd rather have my my one guy, my best guy at 70% than my best guy off the bench at, you know, 90%, 100%. So I, I think you would take that. Um, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't look gassed out there. It's not it's not that Syracuse is tired. It's just they haven't been as, as good this year. And I think they've, you know, they've more or less, uh, they've, they've been what they could be this year. They've, they've played, you know, at times above their ceiling. And I just think, you know, the, the reason they're losing games isn't necessarily because they're tired. All right, Joe, he, he's saying, he's saying that's, that's real news. They're not tired. Uh, I'm right there with him. Sorry. That's a lot of time, man. That's a lot of, I mean, you have all those timeouts. You have your own timeouts. Yeah. This past game, they shot 62 free throws. I mean, come on, you have time Stoppage. in between sure. all this. Right. You have all of that. Right. So, again, I think he was alluding to Quincy playing like the full game against uh, NC State when Elijah got hurt and he had to play like 37 37 minutes minutes. or whatever, you know, which is still I mean, it's it's funny one way or another. because yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think he gave an example of like the only reason why anybody the last couple of games would have been tired. But uh, I think a lot of it when it comes to fans and stuff, uh, sometimes it just comes down to effort. You know, you get those loose balls, you get the defensive effort, the rebounds. And when that those things don't go your way, 
then it doesn't look like you're trying as hard as the other team. Therefore, they're tired, right? You need to find an excuse other than the fact that the other team just might be yeah. in a better position or just might be a better team. Overall. Or you're just so. not playing good defense and you're, and you're not getting the stops that you need. And it looks lazy. But, yeah. yeah, with the asterisk, with the asterisk, I'm saying not fake news. With the asterisk. With the asterisk. Being Quincy. What's the asterisk? Being Quincy, you know, well, the the disclaimer there on Quincy. So, um, the Astros asterisk. <laughs> so, all right, all right. Next one, next one. Same press conference. Next one, and I thought of James when I heard this immediately. It's interesting. I love this. I don't know where this guy. He making a lot of money, Ken Palm. But when you start putting in print, they scored twenty five percent against the zone against Buddy and twenty five percent against. This guy, I'm telling you right now, no one in this room, nobody that's doing Ken Palm knows who's at fault when somebody scores on us. No one knows. Not one person. Because it's how we're playing the zone at that time. We may have the center up, so if it gets down there, it's not the center's fault if they score inside. It's the forwards. If we have the center back and they score down there, it's the center's fault. If they score in the corner, it could be the forward, it could be the guard, it could be the center. There's no way to pinpoint who's at fault in our defense. Even when I look at it, it's hard sometimes because there's certain movements and certain plays and certain situations that there's really not any fault. It's just they got a shot that we couldn't defend. That happens in any, in any defense, but especially in zone. All right, Joe, fake news or not? Uh, God, this one is tough. <laughs> this one is tough. This, it is tough. Uh, now you can break it down. You can get specific with it if you want, well, because I mean, there are parts. Obvious, there's yeah. obvious plays when you can sit down and you can say, okay, that was this person's fault, right? Obviously, the defense, the zone, it changes depending on who our, de- who our opponent is, uh, what our opponent's doing, if they're making shots, who's making shots. All that goes into effect. So, yes, in, in a way, I do. I can agree with him in the fact that it's hard for somebody to pinpoint and sit down throughout a whole year. Oh, well, 25% of shots or points are scored against Buddy Behan. You know, things like that. That's tough. But to sit there and say that you never know, I don't know. I don't know. It's I can't call it. <laughs> James. I can't call it. Dude, that's fake news. Ken Palm's not making that much money. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like 20 bucks for a subscription. It's not that much. Uh, no, I mean, I, I do, I do buy it to some degree. Um, it, first of all, he's talking about synergy. Uh, he confuses Ken Palm with synergy and oh, he, okay, he and like okay. Matt Park. I don't know if you listened to the radio show last Thursday. They, they kind of talked about it and kind of cleared the air on that. So it's not, it's not Ken Palm. Like it's, it's synergy. And I don't know if you saw Ken Palm's tweet, but he had a, a pretty good sense yeah. of humor over the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw that. Good on, good on Ken Palm for that. Um, but no, I think he does have a point, and you you can't necessarily pinpoint who who is always at fault within a zone. So in other words, like if a player takes a three from the wing, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always the guard. It could be a rotation. It could be you know the forward was supposed to come up and he didn't get there in time, and it was on the forward, but it looked like it was the guard. Or you know for if if a player gets it in the high post, if the center comes up. And guards, you know that that high post because that that guy's a shooter, and they dump it down for a layup or a dunk. Then that's that's on the forward, but they might give it to the center, 
right. for giving up that basket. So it's it's really hard. It's a really hard thing with zone. Um, I don't I don't necessarily know how they define that. I don't know how they um, they say who is at fault. But I do agree with them in the sense that you you can't necessarily pinpoint who is responsible and who's in what percentile defensively when you play a zone. All right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but Ken Palm's not making that much money. Come on. <laughs> I did not know that that was that 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 was corrected. By the way, otherwise I would have said it. I don't, um, I don't know so, any kindergartner that could tell you either. <laughs> I know. No. I was gonna. I could have put the whole thing in there. I could have put the whole thing in there. I just did not know where to stop, so I didn't want to make it too long. But he does make a comment about any kindergartner couldn't get in there, and you know. Uh, no, I mean and the other thing he's got to put into effect too, right? Uh, maybe because he's a little bit older and newer to this, but well, not newer, but you know what I mean. Um, but. It's yeah. all about click clicks now, yes. right? Yeah. Synergy, this, yeah. this, and that. Do you really think they sit down and watch the Syracuse zone to know about exactly what James no. just talked about? And we know no. how they how they move rotate. No, absolutely not. It's all about the clicks. What do you, what am I gonna do? Hmm. I wonder what Jim Beheim would do if I blamed his son for twenty five percent of the sh- Yeah, right. Click, click, click. Yeah. He's getting yeah, you're being trolled, coach. You're being trolled. Yeah. I think they they must just like I don't think they really get into the weeds of it. They must they must just like get see where a shot was made from and then just assign that to a player. I, yeah. I don't think they're getting into the minutia like that. Yeah, because it's the, otherwise it would take forever. I mean, right. you'd spend way too no. much time on it. So anyways, impossible. I, I thought those were fun. That was a great press conference. Probably my second favorite behind him berating Mike Waters um, a couple ago. So um, anyway. They're always they're, they're always they're always at each other's you know they're always yeah they are he made he had more comments from Mike Waters during this one too, um, but uh, anyway no. I, I was wondering why he didn't play that stuff. I well there wasn't anything really there about if if coach said something to the effect of it, uh, he didn't no want, not that I'm saying like the post game when you usually do the coaches oh yeah yeah because I was saving you didn't it for this. play any of that so no I'm I sitting had, here like what in the yeah I was saving it for this so anyway right. um, anyway that's it. For that, James, I want to get your thoughts on the remainder of the season. Give us the give us the quad records as of now, if you will, and um, just let me just let us know what you think. I think we 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 kind of right. know where you're going with it, but uh, I would really like to get your thoughts on the UNC game. I feel like that's probably going to be the tougher of the four remaining. Um, what do you got? Yep. <clears throat> All right, so and just for the record, we're recording as a Monday night. If people don't know, so this is as a Monday night. Yep. Uh, subject to change, but Syracuse is currently sixty-six in the net um, records by quadrant. I'll get into that in a sec. Um, but as we know, fifteen and twelve overall. Um, I'll give you the the home is you know at, at the dome eleven and six on the road four and four zero oh and two on neutrals uh, preseason NIT. You can thank for that. Um, <laughs> Quad one, Syracuse is two and seven. Ouch. Uh, quad two, two and four. Quad three, five and one. And quad four, six and zero. Oh. The quad three loss is Virginia Tech, by the way, just for color. And yeah, so four games left. Um, the last, the last two um, at at Pitt. Well, I shouldn't say the last two, but the first is at Pitt, and the last game is at Miami. Those will be quad two games. Uh, and then sandwiched in between, you get North Carolina at home, and then you're on the road at BC. Those, those those will both be quad three games. So a pair of quad two games and a pair of quad three games remain. Uh, nothing really, you know, not enough meat on the bones there, in my opinion, for, for Syracuse to get an at-large berth or be in consideration. Uh, so if they are going to make the, the NCAA tournament one way or another, they're going to have to do that in the ACC tournament. Um, you know, as I said before, I think – 
you know, maybe you can get an at-large berth if you make the title game because that would mean you have you would have beaten a good team or two uh, to get there and maybe, you know, a marquee win in that process. Uh, but otherwise, you're looking at, you know, winning out um, or, you know, whatever happens regardless the rest of the way, um, you're going to have to win the ACC tournament and get the, the automatic bid. Uh, as far as the North Carolina game, yeah, man, I, I think that's a really tricky matchup just because they're they're so much better than their record. Uh, obviously, North Carolina lost Cole Anthony for you know the middle of the season, and um, you know he he got off to a really great start before he got hurt, and they, they've been hampered with injuries. Um, the the two big men that they have, uh, Garrison Brooks down low and Armando Baycott. I mean, we know that's been the story with Syracuse all year, right? The bigs and, you know, getting into foul trouble and not getting enough out of the center position. Um, so that, that could, you know, spell a lot of trouble for Syracuse down there. And then, um, you know, Cole Anthony up top as well. Obviously, you know, he can shoot it, he can pass it, he can pretty much do it all. Going to go to the NBA draft. So um, fun, fun anecdote, actually. He, he's actually kind of boys with Jalen Carey. Uh, oh, they're really? both from New York City. Oh, and no they kind of grew up playing ball together. I don't think a lot of people know that, though, but... Um, when I did the Jalen Carey story over the summer, his dad was telling me how, you know, he grew up with Cole and hanging around with Cole, and uh, they played on the same AAU team for a little bit too. So fun little anecdote there. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, I I I can't help, but he's one of those guys. To be honest with you, uh, even I like him, and I can't stand UNC. You know, like he's yeah. one of those players to me. Is like, I think he's a class act. I think he's he's a, he's a he's a good kid. He's not a dirty player, and he's talented, and he's not a yeah. he's not a he does he's not a a jerk about it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, I like him. I like him. It, it, you would know. you be saying that if there were 20 and four? <laughs> I, I, I would, bro. You know, I'm not, I, uh, you know, you know, UNC know. and Duke are my most hated you. in the ACC. So, um, but yeah, I think he's a class act, man. You know, I call it like I see it. I think I'm fair there. Um, would, all right. What's up? What's would up? you be saying that if you wore a Duke Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, it's Yes. Cause I've said, yes. <laughs> cause, well, okay, because fair. I said I did. I said the same thing about Zion. I think Zion's a. You know, I watched an interview with Zion, and I'm like, oh man, he's a. He seems like a cool guy, you know. Yeah. Like he's kind of a humble guy. They're both kind of humble. You know what I mean? Yep. And and yep. that's kind of that's what I'm attracted to, and, and especially in, yeah. in athletes, if they're humble and they're and they're talented, like like a Zion, like a Cole Anthony. I mean, you can't help but like them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not Grayson yeah, Allen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> one of the years that I wish uh, we would have played them a little bit earlier in the ACC season than uh, now. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, especially like what James said with him with Cole Anthony getting hurt, and then with some of the buzzer beater losses that they've had recently. Just, uh, I mean, you're looking at a team that is way better than their record. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and say I feel bad for for the fans. Uh, I work with plenty, so yeah, they've had their seasons, but. That's uh, that's one of the things that you know, and we talked about it. That that game with those big men, I've been worried all year, and then with Cole Anthony coming back. So, and then I want to also touch on that Virginia Tech. Didn't Virginia Tech? Wasn't that a quad one loss? It was a quad one loss at first, in a quad and one win. They, and that's where that's where Virginia Tech has fallen, huh? Yeah. I knew there was a time when we were talking about that might have been our best win at yeah. Virginia Tech. Yeah. Now it's UVA, right? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yep. All right, James, I want to thank you, buddy. You're awesome. Uh, James Zuba, you can find him at, at James Zuba, S-Z-U-B-A, on Twitter. And, um, you know, go to go to Noon's Magician. He's all over Noon's Magician, his latest ACC Hoop rankings. Um, you can find that okay. every week, right? You put that out every Monday, right? 
every Monday. Go yep. through the full conference slate. A lot of jokes and garbage mixed in there. Yep. Uh, I saw something about it. I saw the, something the about a Johnson in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't me. I, I didn't write it initially. It was the okay. NC State student newspaper. They, they oh, wrote okay. that headline. So I just wanted to highlight that. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was from their paper. <laughs> from NC State beating Duke. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, go check him out there. Check him out on Twitter. James, thanks. Look, t- uh, Cuse Militia, top fan on Facebook, James Zuba. Come back. We want to have you on to preview the ACC tournament. How about that? All right. I'm in. Okay. I mean, like I said, I'm always down to come on. Always appreciate you guys having me on. It's a fun time. I always enjoy it. And, um, you know, I listen to every pod that you guys put out, too. So I'll come on whenever. Um, ACC tournament would be good. We could get a lot of uh, Greensboro jokes in there, and it'll be a good time. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Sounds good. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Be good, guys. Thanks later. for having me on. All right. Yep. Bye. Later. All right, Joe. Syracuse will enter hostile territory Wednesday to face the Panthers. Uh, the all-time series sits at 72-45 and 45 in favor of Syracuse. This will be the second meeting, as I mentioned before, between these two teams. This year, as you can remember, Cuse took the earlier game this year, 69-61 to in the Dome. Uh, Buddy Beheim with a game-high 21 points. As a team, the Panthers are shooting 40.6 from the field, 71.8 from the line, and 29.2 from three. Pitt sits at 100th. In the net rankings, Joe, that makes this a quad two game for Syracuse. And just a side note here, uh, since Jeff Capel has become coach of the Panthers, he is 0-4 against Bayheim. And what a better time to prove yourself than at home in the second meeting of the year against Syracuse. So, yeah, <clears throat> again, it's. We talked about the rest of the games, really, none of them are going to be easy. I think one thing that sets these guys aside um, is, again, their rivals. We've seen them already once, and um, they're on a four-game losing streak, which usually doesn't really which bode we, too which well, right? We hate. yeah. Because eventually that's going to get get broken or get snapped, right? Um, the one thing that I do remember from this game uh, that definitely made me well, I mean, I was happy about it when we played against them, but now it's it's getting me a little bit weary. Is uh, Justin Champagne? Yeah, if that's how you say it. Champagne, um, I say. Champagne, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he was in foul trouble, and in our first meeting, uh, they were right there with us, maybe even possibly leading. He gets in foul trouble. We take the lead. Um, we have a decent lead. He comes back in in the second half, and he actually uh, was the reason they kind of got a little bit closer into the game. Um, they're still going to have their their um, their big men with Terrell Brown, um, but really down low, uh, Champagne. He's he's the one that they they got us, and he's actually been getting better throughout the season. So that's one guy that we're going to have to worry about as far as in the middle of the zone, almost like where Moses Wright was. Uh, I'd probably look to him to maybe duplicate exactly what he just did sure. to us. Uh, yeah. Um, and again, they still, they have their, their set of guards with Xavier Johnson and Trey McGowan's and Audie's Tony, who they're going to, they're going to bring the defense. They're going to be you know, right there in your pocket, just waiting. I remember the first time we played against them, it felt like Xavier Johnson could have got called for t- 12 fouls. Um, I don't even think he fouled out, 
but again, that's just, that's how they play. They play tough um, and they're, they're home. So they're going to be in the zoo and, and you know that it's going to be loud in there and the fans are going to show up. They always do for this matchup. So uh, again, well, uh, they don't tough. always, but they, this year they haven't been terrible, but um, right. It used to be a yeah. whole lot more hostile than it's been. Past well, two yes, years. yes, that's, that's true. It's been a little while since, but it can be, it can be, that place can be just as bad because the way it's designed for the students that line the floor can be just as bad as Cameron. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's it can, just yeah. as close. Yeah. I mean, I know it's been a long time since Jamie Dixon, but again, it's, there's been some things going on, but this team isn't awful. This team can't, I mean, this team could definitely be able to beat us, but again, uh, we've been successful against teams that have limitations uh, when it comes to offense, because we have limitations to our defense. So that's really the only way that really it, it kind of cancels out. And you saw that with Georgia Tech. They're not a great three point shooting team. And, and Pittsburgh is kind of right there in the same boat. They're not a good they're not a great right. three point shooting team. Uh, Xavier Johnson can hit some that like straight on um, Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy can hit some. And I know Trey McGowan's every once in a while he can get a little hot. But uh, again, they're not going to. They usually don't kill it from there, and uh, I would expect us to to kind of – I would treat it probably defensively just like this Georgia Tech um, game. Yeah, it's almost the last it's very, one it's really similar, right? I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. Those are very, very like similar teams. Um, when you look at like James Banks and Terrell Brown and their size and the guards, and yeah, they're, they're very similar teams, and uh, – we know how to beat them. We know what we have to do. It's just, um, are they going to be able to do it on the road in that type of environment? Well, I mean, Syracuse has been pretty good on the road this year. Um, they did move up a little bit in the rebound percentage. I mean, but they got out, out rebounded by, or no, they. No, we out, we won. We won the rebounds by, no, we lost by two. Oh, against Pittsburgh the first time. No, 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 against Georgia Tech. No, I thought game. we won by one. Now I got Georgia Tech with 28 and Syracuse with 26, according to ESPN. But hmm. the last game, though, we did beat them by six, 39 to 33 against Pitt. So, yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> going back to the last game, it's always fun to look and see. Gerard was not good. Buddy Bayheim was pretty good. He had the game high with 21 points. Uh, Hughes only had 10 points. Uh, Mark Dolzhai, who's seven rebounds and 17 points, so he played good. And yet, you know, and yet we still won. So it really, all you had was Buddy Bayheim and Mark Dolzhai. So, I mean, Buddy's struggled lately, you know, and look for him to come out. Mark's going to ride his high from the Georgia Tech game into there. They've been decent on the road this year. This team's struggling. That does worry me. I feel like that's always a bad omen, especially this year. It's, it seemed to really. It's I'm sold on it this year. Um, so, you know, they're going to want to prove something. They've only got three games left, Syracuse being one of them. So, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, again, you're talking about a team that a little while ago was in the same situation that we were when we played against them. And, um, again, I, I just don't – it's never – when you play against a rival, it's never just that easy, right? And they're going to want to get the revenge, especially when you play a team twice, too. And sometimes it doesn't have to be a rival when you're an athlete and you're in a season and you've already played a team and you lose. Then you're kind of chomping at the bit to get back in there. Um, so, again, it's what kind of team are we going to see from Pittsburgh after coming from a four game losing streak and probably, you know, them being in the situation where they're not looking like they're going to make the tournament. And uh, 
I mean, how, how are they going to come back from that and how are they going to play? Um, we kind of looked that same way the first half against Georgia Tech and then we came out and, and we scored 52 points in the second half. So um, I think we know where we stand as far as, as our guys are all in and, and they're going to keep playing. Um, but to go against, again, the one thing that I wanted to say, I'm going to bring it up because you brought up bringing back the old games and looking at the old box score. Uh, Champagne or whatever the hell. Yeah, who knows? We, we names come here to die, so who cares? You yeah, know. so I'm yeah, just gonna whatever. champagne. I'm just gonna call him champagne. Okay, <laughs> champagne. Justin Champagne <laughs> was in foul trouble. Only only played 26 minutes, and he led the team in points and rebounds, 14 and nine. That's crazy. And he only that had game, three right? fouls too. So yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, he had three early ones, right? And um, but yeah, he came in and did some damage late in the second half, and again, that's the guy. He became ineffective yeah, they, because of his fouls, really. They have guards, yeah. They have guards that are going to play defense in tough defense and make some tough shots every once in a while. They're going to play hard. The effort's going to be there. But it, that's the guy that we have to stop. Um, or, like Moses Wright, not stop and just let him be the only person that does anything. But either way. It's a, he, it's he, a he, tough trade-off, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> tough, yeah, it's definitely a tough trade-off. Stop everything except for that that thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. You're not going to be able to stop it anyway. Um, and that's really, I think, where we were at with that whole Moses Wright thing, was that kind of just let oh, him go with, against Sidibe. So yeah. hmm? they, yeah. they focused on Alvarado, and they did a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alvarado is a dynamic player, yeah. and they shut him down, and he's freaking... He's talented as hell. I mean, he's really good. So yeah. that that team's totally different with him in the game. Totally different. Oh yeah. Well, we talked. We knew it was going to be different with him yeah. in the game. And then, yeah. I mean, even I mean, obviously, we beat him thirty-four points the first time we played him. It's, it wasn't going to be that. We knew that. Right. But, yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah, man. So. It's just it's one of those things. Like again, it depends on where you are, what side of the spectrum. Uh, again, we talked to James about it. He's on. He's on this kind of the side of that we need to win the whole thing to get in. Um, and based upon what, what we've talked about in the last podcast and I kind of where I'm at is, is, you know, we win these next four. It's hard to ignore 19 and 12. Um, yeah, but as I far think, as, as far as bubble I talk, I do I understand James's, maybe, um, yeah. his argument with, you know, the fact that it's not great competition, but it's the way it's the, it's the, it's a season without a signature win. If we don't do something in the ACC tournament, so yeah. I'm I'm more with James than I am with I I just because I guess and I'm not trying to be negative but I'm just being realistic just judging by what I've seen so far this year I just feel like it's more probable that we don't get that win now I'm not saying we can't but I think it's probable that we don't and they're gonna have to ride this out by winning the games that they should we talked about with James UNC worries me UNC is not gonna be an easy game. Pitt's not going to be an easy game. I, I mean, at Miami might not even be an easy game. Who knows? They're going to be well, even Miami too. and Boston College. Uh, I mean, I thought those two teams were one of the worst teams uh, well, they down are. there as far as. <laughs> well, right. I mean, I get it. Yes, they are. But meanwhile, I mean, Boston College got seven wins. Just a little while ago, Boston College was seven and eight. Miami was was right there, too. I mean, they're six and 11. I mean, I know they're at the bottom, but I mean, I thought that they were bottom bottom. Like, I didn't know that they were kind of right around where we are. I mean, Boston College is only one one win away from us in the ACC standing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just I'm still open to the belief that. I mean, obviously, I'm not looking at what's 
probable. I'm looking at the possibilities. I sure, still think that there's a situation where we win all our regular seasons and maybe we don't have to win the ACC. And granted, probably have to make the title game. But anything that can keep us from, you know, maybe allowing us that one loss in the ACC title game or something and still get in, um, I'm still kind of up in hopes for because any loss in the regular season from here on out is definitely it's, it's a dagger. Us. That's a dagger. Yeah. You would have to it's win. A dagger. You would have to win. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if I can trust three or four straight days of us having to out rebound teams, play tough defense. And uh, I mean, I'd hate to go back to the whole Bayheim type thing, but you know, when you have when you have a you couple days in between playing. games, yeah, yeah. different story. When you're playing three days in a row, yeah, yeah. Now you're you, talking, you, you know. Want, you want so. that buy? You got to have that buy. It's going to be a huge help if we get it. So, oh um, yeah, um, 100%. so. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry, we were a day late. Um, Joe's grounded now. Um, so he's he, not grounded like your parent would do, but he's grounded. He's, Are you my he's, dad? He's he's in he's uh, he's in Wake All Forest. Right, I'll stay in my room. He, he's he's in Wake Forest. He's here to stay. So we should be on schedule from here on out. So. Um, I want to thank all of you for listening. Go give James a follow on Twitter if you haven't. Yep. Hit him up. Um, sh- uh, uh, it always helps. He his rundowns of the uh, ACC rankings. He I think he does a fair and legit job of going through those. So um, check it out. Share it if you will. I'll throw it up on the socials. Why the hell not? So we want to thank all of you participating in fan feedback. I want to thank my bookie, obviously. Obviously, I got to thank uh, James on guitar because what would it be without that? Um, and that's it. So uh, we will see you next time. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.